that even makes me think of um, some of our other projects where we had other folks come in. Yeah. And there's that rigid, there's a mic in front of me of for like course. the first 10 minutes. Absolutely. And, and then, then it's it just, like, got, just gone. Hey, what's that? I don't think, I don't think Maisie ever had the 10 minutes. I think she came in like, it's National Podcasting Day, right. guys. She's, but she's also 12. She's 12. I think there's one of those where you don't know to be. Worried. Are we going to have your kid in here? Um, he screams too much. Remember we, we, we were we doing. Could, that would take all of 10 minutes. We were doing the test. I can't, I can't have him. 10 well, minutes. At some point. Can we talk about your parenting style? How amazing <laughs> it is. You're a great father. You know that. Um, two things. I don't know if you notice that how attached to you your son is. Uh, physically. Physically? Yeah. Mm. Like if you if if we're all walking out of the door, mm-hmm. he's not crossing the threshold until you cross the threshold. He I have to been working on him. He has this thing where he wants to hold the door for me until I walk out the door. I'm like, Yeah, I'm not talking no. about that. Oh, okay. I'm just talking about a Nah, nigga. <laughs> I like it here, but we like doing? if we're getting on the elevator, there's just a little bit of a hesitation. When we're going into the pool room, there's just going to be a tiny, I see it in his eyes. It's just a tiny bit of where is he? Mm-hmm. Because he's six. Mm. Um, and also because he's just like, there's some kids who just gone, like just out. You don't notice that like if we go out into the hallway, he's not dashing out. He's going to stay with you. He's right. going to walk with you. Whether you're holding hands or not, he is staying next to you. Some of that is my own doing. Because, again, I've taught my son to come to a whistle. Yes, you have. So there's some of that tethering, I think, that happened just mm-hmm. naturally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I noticed that, like, I, it's interesting because I've done six-year-olds twice. You know, mm-hmm. I had my oldest daughter, who's now 23. I remember her very vividly at six. And then the one I have now... Obviously, she was six six years ago. Um, your son reminds me much more of my older daughter than my younger daughter. Your younger daughter is a free-range child. She is. And also, uh, my younger daughter is, she just has a different, her parents are different people. Mm-hmm. She has 40, parents in their 40s. Uh, um, and the other one, you know, I'm 25 years old and I'm not even married to her father and whatever. So it's different. It's very different. Um, but what I'm looking forward to assisting with, helping with, (laughs) (laughs) is Mm -hmm. some element of free range, just a bit. So you know what I'm going to bring up, right? The elevator? No. We talked about that already. Yesterday. Oh, lunch. Mm -mm. No. What? That too. <laughs> we'll get to that. Plant watering. Oh. Uh. So I like to give Cole tasks. Just you always want to give a task that's a year or two ahead of what they should really be doing. Eight year old, get the big heavy water and do it. Mm-hmm. He's six, but that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Give him the thing that's a little bit more than they should be able to handle because mm-hmm. they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Or they won't. And that'll be fine too. Truly. Mm-hmm. So I tell him to, he says, your, your plants are dry. And I say, well, water them. And he says, I can't. I don't know where the water is. <laughs> now I'm like, hmm, I'm kind of thinking you do know where the water is. And you are like, you can get the water from blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, 
chill. It's okay. You'll figure it out. Cool. Where's the water? In the sink? Yeah. Go get the water. So throughout that process, it was a little bit difficult for you to just let him do it. And to you wanted to tell him, like, fill it up this much or make sure you do this way or Mm. go to this place. Like, even with where to get the water from, I wanted him, I heard him in the kitchen sink. And I wanted him to realize this is not the sink I need to use for this. Even if it meant he filled it all the way up and couldn't turn the water off or he spilled it all. Right. Because he would never do that again. And he would say, why didn't I just go to the bathroom? That's easier. I can fill it up from there. Um, so I will say this. My ability to do that only comes with two, two six-year-olds in my back pocket. And free-ranging them. Mm-hmm. But I think it's... Except now Maisie thinks I love Cole more than you love her. Because you're strict with her mm-hmm. and I'm not strict with her. I mean, because you're strict with him mm-hmm. and I'm not strict with her. That's fine. She can <laughs> she can think that. I honestly think she knows better. But And I know she would not rather me be stricter than I am. Um, she'd die. She'd die. If, if you parented like I did, Maisie would be well, in a corner someplace. It's, it's unfair to say because she if would, you parent Cole's a six-year-old. Right. No, even if you parent six-year-old Maisie the way you parent six-year-old Cole, he's fine. She's fine. You can't parent 12-year-old Maisie the way you parent six-year-old Cole. Watch me. <laughs> um, thoughts on me trying to inject a little free range into your parenting? Um, so... A, I'm I'm fine with it. Um, I think part of what happened yesterday was um, the only person I've ever fell back completely on was with his mother. Of course. Uh, so I think that's there's this thing in my head where I'm supposed to be involved not realizing like this is you two doing your mm-hmm. own thing mm-hmm. in your own space mm-hmm. so it wasn't so much i think a matter of me um hovering over him as much as it was hovering over y'all if that makes Got sense it. that makes sense so but the first thing is that actually makes even more sense which i didn't consider that right now you still think of parenting as you and his mom and to think about okay let this person do this is is a thing mm-hmm um, I get that. And not a thing out of trepidation, a thing out of habit. It's out of habit. Yeah. Of course. I get that. Because um, you and I have conversations about things with him that are extremely helpful for me. Mm, really? Uh, yeah. Um, whether it was school stuff, whether it was sleep, mm. you know, how to get him to sleep a little bit better and mm-hmm. make the transition, transition smoother. Mm-hmm. Like I, I hear those things and they're very, very helpful. Um, and that's to the extent of where, like, I like the idea of you two developing your own thing and doing your own things because he should have a different experience with you than he does with me. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a different experience with his mother than he has with mm-hmm. me. And that's mm-hmm. just kind of what it is to be human. This person is this way. This person's this way. It's just the habit of coming back. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I would love to be able to, like, I'm going to go shoot some pool. Y'all bake a cake or whatever y'all going to do. I'll be back in a half hour. Mm-hmm. Cool. Great. I don't think he's ready for that yet. I think he's more ready than you are. Well, 
You don't think I'm ready to spend a half an hour with your son without you? I didn't say you weren't ready. I'm saying I think he's more ready than you are. If it was, hey, Cole, I'm going to do whatever. You want to roll with me? I think he'd go with you. No, that I do. Mm, I'm not sure. It may be as simple as saying, I'm, I'm going down. It depends to on the, where I'm going. I'm, I'm going to go sit in the movie room for a half hour. Or I'm going to go for a ride to get something from here. So he's already done that. You've already done tiny. I need right. to go to my car and do the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the first time I ever met him. I mean, by me in this sense, like, hey, come with me. As oh, opposed to I'm going someplace. Got you. Got you. The first time I ever met him. Did you leave him at my mom's briefly? Um, no. I uh, left y'all in the community room. No, I at my upstairs. mom's for Kwanzaa. I don't he think I He was never did. there. Okay. No, he was. Did, I don't think I left him. Maybe I left him for Thanksgiving for a couple minutes. We had to run back out and do something. I can't remember. Wait, he was there for Thanksgiving and Kwanzaa? Mm-hmm. Oof. Join the family. Yeah, remember so. he was discussing the... Uh, Ominous? The, the, How things look ominous. That, I was gonna say the gingerbread house, but yes, that too. Mm. This looks ominous. That's what your son said. Yes. Um. So yeah, I think, I guess that's the reason why I see him more similar. I see more of him in my older daughter because the circumstances are similar. Mm-hmm. Where like I remember her mom saying years later that sometimes she would come home and she would have some type of theory on something or something she knew came from me. And, you know, that she would appreciate. Sometimes not appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, so that bonus parent, I hate that expression, but that bonus parent, I have talked to many people who have discussed the benefits of that bonus parent. Someone who doesn't have the vice grip that mom and dad have, mm-hmm. but still have your best interests in mind um, with no judgment that will tell you all the things. No, and that's even where, like, there are moments where, and going back to this weekend, um, decided to make burgers with Cole, and <laughs> the actual making went well. I saw. It did. Um, I don't understand how you don't have hamburger buns. He was fine, little Miss Bougie Queen. With bougie? His, I'm his, not bougie, but where is the fun of having two pieces of bread with well, non-meat in I, the perimeter? And to be fair, when I was on the way back, I was like, oh, that's what I didn't get. I, I forgot. Um, so we made the burgers, and he said he wanted tomato sauce yeah. on his burger because I made pasta and I made meat sauce, whatever else. And I put it on. <clears throat> he takes half a lick and he's like, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. And Because spaghetti sauce doesn't go on a burger. Because when you ask for it. Not when you're six. And this is where we get to where we are. <laughs> so he's like, so in my mind, he was being annoying and extra and whatever else. Which and, he was. And my thing was like, well, because he told me, that was the other part where he was like, he was basically told me what he wasn't going to do. Right. Which it's always that line where you want to build independent children until they're being independent against you. Correct. So it's like, You well, know that I know that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we got to the point where it's like, well, this is the thing that you have. You're not actually giving it a try because I don't think he gave it a real he try. Did. I saw him. Okay. Well, at that moment, I didn't feel like he gave it a real try. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, what was going to have? Because also all this happened, as I mentioned, ice cream sandwich. Correct. So as soon as I mentioned ice cream sandwich, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, no, you got to eat and whatever else. Mm-hmm. 
So we had the stalemate. We we're like, well, I'm not going to eat. I was like, well, you're not going to get anything else until you eat. I guess 10 minutes passed. And that's when the deal making begins. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and he's like, hey, dad, you mentioned you made pasta. What if it's the pasta? Mm-hmm. I remember looking at you and you were like. It's got to happen. Right. It's the pasta. I may have even said, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> no, I, I yeah, before I even looked at you, I was like, I heard, that's a great idea. It was like, because mm-hmm. you really need to reward that. Because he didn't say, he didn't have a temper tantrum. Not that we allow those, but he didn't say, but I want, but I want, but I want. He got upset. He removed himself from the situation. Mm-hmm. He didn't shove it on the floor. Not that we would allow that, but he thought. Right. I have to eat in order to get my ice cream sandwich, which, by the way, we don't care what his motivation is for eating. You no. could be hungry or you could want an ice cream sandwich. It doesn't matter. Right. What can I do? Mm-hmm. I ain't eating that. So so for him to come to you and say, hey, you mentioned something about some pasta. <laughs> um, Meet me halfway. I can, I can totally eat pasta. Right. He didn't say, I don't want that. Instead, he gave you another option. Mm-hmm. So I think that has to be... It has to be. You got to grab at that one. And I bring that up just in terms of in that moment, you brought me down. You are pulled me back. Mm-hmm. Brought me down is the wrong way. But mm-hmm. um, and I had to in that moment, like you look at me, it's like you gave me the really face. I'm like, oh yeah, this isn't that big a deal. Mm-mm. Um, because I forget sometimes how not smart, but how. In the pantheon of children, how obedient and well-mannered and mm-hmm. thoughtful my son actually is. Absolutely. And I think no matter where you are, where your child is on that scale, you're always trying to push it a little bit more forward, a mm-hmm. little bit forward, a little bit forward. And I have to remember, like, no, he's he's fine. Yep. He's Also, I am and have been with both of my kids super maybe passive to a fault when it comes to food. Um, particularly so with girls, because you always, you know, have that danger. Well, not like boys don't have food dis- food disorders too, but particularly with girls, um, you know, they always tell you to pick your battles. Mm-hmm. Food is never the battle. Which is why my son carbo loads 24 hours a day. Correct. So I think it's up to you to figure out how to combat that. Um, you know, he's in this weird space where he doesn't like many things, which is super normal for a six-year-old. So it's going to be up to you to try to figure out what's there. There that, are literally hundreds of protein-packed things that that boy would love right now. But that was the other you part, too. You just need to figure out what they are. But that was the other part, too. The whole point of me cooking with him mm-hmm. was to steer him towards that. Right. And then we hit the stalemate, and I kind of forgot what the whole point of the process was in the first place. So like It, was, it you, wasn't about the obedience. It was about, hey, let's try something Correct. Else, which he did. So I will tell you this. Um, which I think I told you before, but I with know, the burgers, I'm amazing dad. Mm. Yeah, that too. Oh, yeah. With the burgers, with anything with a six-year-old, it has to be tiny, so that they right. can feel like they accomplished something with the smallest of bites. Right. Um. So the burger needed to be three burgers on three little mini buns, mm. and he needed to have sliders. Yes, you needed to make sliders. You know, Even a little burger, bit smaller. His first burger was a diner burger. <laughs> <laughs> I have a picture of where you don't see his face. It's just him holding the burger. Maisie's first burger was a White Castle burger. Don't tell anyone. I love White Castle. Are you I know, but you don't feed your kid. Did I mention she was like nine months old? <laughs> I'm kind of proud Her of Her first food item outside of breast milk What's the White was Castle a White burger? Castle burger. 
and she fucked that burger. Air Talk is brought. Oh no, sorry. Ear Hustle is brought to you by White Castle. White Castle. It's also really brought to you by Bustello. Bustello. We love Bustello. Shout out to Bustello. I love Bustello. And uh, Mrs. Somebody's Myers. Myers. Mrs. Myers. Yes. Things. The Myers family. I don't think we did that at all. The Myers family and the Bustello family sent us some care packages. We will need to write something down and get that right. Well, no, no, not... no. We're, we're not. We're not writing anything because they don't. They're not sponsors of the show. They just sent us some swag. Okay. okay. So no. Um, Bustello sent us some hot chocolate K cups and some coffee. Speaking of glasses, coffee, all types of stuff. I've always been shamed um, because I've always let Maisie have coffee mm. since she was like. I don't know, seven, eight. Um, she's not drinking espresso. Uh, but a splash of coffee with some milk in it, um, which Cole sometimes... I, Cole and I used to split lattes. Mm-hmm. So Many times we'll get her out the door. Um, I could do some bargaining about breakfast items. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to sampling and... Getting coal on board with coffee, not coffee, it's with like, a variety God, no. of foods, because mm-hmm. they're they're there, they're out there. You just gotta kind of figure out what they are. And the fact that he doesn't eat grilled cheese, I remember distinctly the day, the first day I convinced my oldest daughter to try a grilled cheese sandwich. She just couldn't believe that her whole life. She had been not eating grilled cheese sandwiches. She was just like, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, I've been trying to get you to eat a grilled cheese sandwich since you were four years old. And you know what's funny, too, as now that I think about this, we spent a good chunk of time talking about being more thoughtful and mindful of our diets. Right. And I didn't I, in that moment, I wasn't thinking about him. Mm-hmm. But it all kind of runs together. Because part of the reason I'm getting fast food is because he wants Wendy's. Of course. So... Yeah, it's not about him. I just want to get in better it's, shape, it's, so I gotta yeah. get him to eat right. You want to get in better shape? Yeah, we we're not gonna do this again. We, okay. we had this whole nope. yeah. I, this was my regular self saying this. Wow, not yes. my co-host self. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like, what are you trying to do exactly? Uh, tone up, get right, lose weight. No, I don't care about my weight. Okay. Um, actually, if I got in shape, I'd probably gain weight. So, like, this is just like some summer prep. No, 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 no. It's it's not summer prep. It's generally, genuinely, me not being thrilled with my body. But if you listen to episode, <laughs> I want to say six, whole long conversation about that. Six or seven, one of the two. So we're not we're not doing that again. Nah, nah. I don't remember. How do people not make sure they don't repeat themselves? I don't remember anything we talked about. Um, if you right now started talking about you don't remember we talked about real life either that's so there's true that. if right now you started talking about tell me about how you feel about your body or weight or whatever I could completely go on a tangent I also recognize that I rec- I remember certain types of details more than most folks like I'll lose my keys every day <clears throat> but you don't say yeah but if you say well that last three hour session we did what did we talk about I can run that down so I'm a little different that way anyway. So our listeners maybe wouldn't, but except it was just like last episode or the episode before. It's inevitable. It's inevitable that there's some stuff that's going to repeat anyway. So it is what it is. Because I really feel like talking about my body right now. But you're the producer. Ugh. Um. I guess I won't. 
Why? What? What? In what regard? What's happening? Talk I'm to just me. not liking it. And my mom told me to never tell your partner that you don't like your body because then they're not gonna like it by default. That reminds me. I had a girlfriend once, twice, <laughs> three times. Um, she was very much. Um, I don't know how we're together. I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. And eventually, she's like, I was like, oh, where are we? And that was that was like, <gasps> yeah. She convinced me that y'all should not be together. Yeah. That's it's, just, okay, then I'm not gonna talk about this. No, but it's different though. It's. You you not being satisfied with something about you God, is, is not why are you with me or why are you okay with it? Oh, I thought that was just one of the many things she said. Mm-hmm. I hate Twitter. I put the legend of the biggie instead of the legend of the biggie belt. Do I delete and do it over? Do what over? I, I wrote a post about, I mean, I put the link up. Has anybody liked it yet? Five people. I've done it. Or I've, I've I've deleted a tweet and redid it. I've also commented like, oh, Biggie. Or I've yeah, I'll just thought. do that. Twitter needs to do a goddamn edit button. An edit and button. get off themselves. Get over themselves. Why do you think they haven't? Um, I don't know. I know some folks that say, you know, well, you can tweet one thing and then you hit the edit button and you can... But you, but like Facebook. Oh, because of that. But Facebook... But Facebook will still say, this is what it said. This Before. is edited. This yeah. is ed- right. So that that's not, not only does Facebook say this is edited, but doesn't also can't you all also see what that edit was? I think if you dig, you can. Like I it's not easy, can. but yeah, I yeah, I've had so. There's nothing worse than something has thirty, forty, fifty, sixty retweets, and you look, it's like, oh, I misspelled the. At that point, and. you just. But you know what? I sort of like that we are starting to learn to just ignore it. Like I noticed that because I know we all are in the, a typo in a tweet means absolutely nothing because we all know that it's just a mistake that could just happen to anyone. I think that's particular to being a writer. Yeah. As a writer, I don't look down on somebody for having a, actually. No, you look down on yourself, not others. Yes. When you do it, you're like, uh, and it, it well, no. Knows that you're different, I, I think. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Anyway, so about me, because this is always about me. Ooh, I want to talk about that too. About me feeling like things are always about me in this relationship and how it makes me uncomfortable. Can we talk about me? How I feel about me? <laughs> <laughs> and how everything is always about me? What do you how mean? How meta is that? What do you, uh, what do you, you mean? You don't know what I mean? No. Really? No. Um,. I feel like sometimes you I, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We've talked about this before in real life. I don't. Is that what you call it? Offline, real life. Where I sometimes I'm like it. like uh, I don't want to feel like it's particularly when we oh okay, okay, okay. were working together more. Mm-hmm. It just felt like most of our interactions were about me. Either about my work mm-hmm. or my social media stuff or let's plan for what you're going to do for the next six months or whatever. It's it's not quite that now, but it definitely came from a place of you working for me, which you did yeah. briefly. But yeah. it's still 
sometimes feels plus i, I mean have, I, th- I still believe there's a part of that need that needs to remain you those conversations like let's plan your next three months let's plan your six months let's talk about your social media even if i'm it's not, not just the one work doing though it. it's personal stuff too i figured you know what podcast listeners love <laughs> that's based. just dead air and staring <laughs> That's the staring sound effect, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm just realizing that the different audio bits that I like are probably of my own doing from moving the mic. Because I hit the mic at about 25 different places in, <laughs> in 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. So You're a mover. I am. That's a thing. Ew. Yeah. But that's, even if you see me, I'll, I'll do this. I'll actually take the mic with me. If I'm going side to side. I'm talking about in our personal lives too. Mm-hmm. No, I figured that out. Um, is this a last night conversation? Yes. Okay. You remember it? Do you remember sleepy. last night? Yeah. You were like in and out. No, I was, I was very Actually, away from that you were part. not in and out. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh yeah, let's get into it. Um wait, what? Seriously? I didn't know that's what you meant. I thought you I Isn't that what you wanted to do? Not necessarily. I mean because otherwise I would, but I didn't know that's what you meant. I thought you were just saying, Yeah, I know what you're talking about. No, we can get into it. Well, how into it can we get? Uh as into it as you want to go. Um, no, so I purchased a couple of beers last night. Yep. And one of the things we discussed a few times. And I'm in recovery and I have not had a drink since 2011. And that was, um, something from, I think, Jump Street I was concerned about. I wanted to get some understanding on how that would work in terms of us because I enjoy my beers and my libations and whatever. Yep. Um, and one of the biggest things was there can't be empties or uh, half empty, whatever. It's yep. kind of like laying around. Right. Um, so I had I bought three beers last night. And I intentionally didn't buy a six pack because Why? I wanted to, whatever I drink, I wanted to just be gone and that'd be it. Okay. Um, I appreciate that. Drink one, put it in the bin. Drink two, put it in the bin. Third one, I guess I got halfway through or whatever and forgot about it and fall asleep, went to bed, whatever it was. And then. And then. And then. Uh, I came downstairs to take a shower and I got a ginger beer, my favorite non-libation, out of the refrigerator. And it was super cold, like hurt your teeth cold. So I just left it on the counter and I went to take a shower. And when I got out of the shower, I was washing, I was drying off my face. And I picked up the ginger beer and tossed it back. It was not ginger beer, it was beer. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I literally just, it's almost, I told you it was a comedy of errors because how do you not see the empty sitting on the counter? 
Um, how do you end up getting a can, which we never even have cans of ginger beer, first of all. We always have bottles. Mm-hmm. How do you end up sitting it right next to it? Why do they have the same exact colorways? Right. And then why do you, like they were inches apart. And right. then why are you coming down, coming back and picking up the wrong one? And actually it was really weird because as I lifted it up and as I was turning it up, my brain was like, this is too light. This is too light. This can't be. But then another part of my brain was like, but it can't, it can't be anything else. Can't be anything else. Can't be anything else. Because I normally know when there's beer in the house. Right. And so I was completely thrown off this time because I didn't even know. Oh, you Not didn't that I know. need to. No. I was, I didn't, yeah. Not that I need to. But like sometimes I'll, my brain will be like, alert, alert, alert. Mm-hmm. Beer is at the 11 o'clock. Right. Or whatever. So because I didn't know at all, my brain was just like, nah, nah, it's fine. But my arm was like, bitch, ain't nothing in here. What's wrong with you? No, no. Uh, um, so I was angry and I was frustrated. And by this point, I guess I'm asleep. You're asleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I may have said some curse words and I threw it in the bin and... I was more angry. So I took it back out and I took the ginger beer and I went upstairs and I slammed it down on your nightstand and started watching Avengers. As one does. As one does when you get a little taste of beer on your tongue and you don't drink. So I eventually wake up and the first thing is, basically like dude yeah like what's up um i feel terrible about it still do um but this also isn't like the first time this has happened it is not um honestly mm-hmm. i have had i told you this already but i think i've had more oh my god interactions with liquor in the past eight months than i've had in the past eight years Right. So to that end, my response was, well, I just can't drink here. Which I felt and uncomfortable it, about because it sounds like a punishment. But and again, I'm not saying it to make you feel guilty or to make it sound. It's just a, this is where we are. It's just a fact of, you know, us living together and how we're going to interact. Because one of the things you talk about is, you know, you go out the doors and by default, you have to be on alert. Correct. I remember there was uh, an event at the building. There was a fire, like they had the fire going. Oh yeah. And everything else, mm-hmm. and you grabbed something accidentally there. Mm-hmm. And, and I beat myself up because I know better. I can't just pick up things in right. those types of settings. And I remember even then, being like, as much as I could, could like, hey, because you don't. So when these accidents happen, I think there's also a clarity that I had to come to at some point. It's like you don't. It's not like you feel like you broke your sobriety or whatever else. No, 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 of course It's not. just a thing that happened. Yeah. Um, well, the first time it ever happened to me, uh, many, many years ago, mm-hmm. I really did think I had to start counting days over. And I right. really thought like, oh my God, I, my whole sobriety is over. And my uh, sponsor at the time was like, nah, <laughs> nah, that's not how that works. It's intent. Um, and that time I was in Los Angeles and... I ordered a virgin something and the person next to me ordered a virgin not something and it was as simple as getting them mixed up and they Mm -hmm. put mine next to me 
And I tossed it back and I was like, oh, like it was enough for me to actually feel it. And so I was like, damn it, all those years wasted. Right. And then I was told it's intent. Did you mean to? Did you want mm-hmm. to? Did you order it? You're fine. And we even had like um, conversations about, well, s- some of our rules are laid out from past relationships as well. Like, you know, um, alcohol stays in its original container. There's no putting vodka in the Lord orange juice container. Have mercy. Um, stuff like that. And along with, and part of that was clean your empties. Yes. Get them off, especially if they're not fully empty. Correct. Um, the thing I, with that I realized, especially after trying to abide by this however many times, was that this is a thing that requires perfection. There can't be misses. Which means, and then the question becomes, is this worth being perfect? And the short answer is no. It, I mean, I'm allergic to shellfish. Yes. If, and I did accidentally poison you on one of our first yes. dates. <laughs> um, and it happen. only took that one time. Right. Although, interestingly enough, the same day, yesterday, with the beer can situation, I was making lobster ravioli, and you took it out of the microwave for me mm-hmm. and opened it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah! Um, and I just wonder, like, is there a world where you might taste it? Because... You would if you felt like it and you were hungry. You're not going to be like, this is special and I won't eat Aaliyah's food. Well, here's what saves I me. I absolutely expect you to take a bite of it if you want it. Well, here's what saves me in that scenario. And I think this is particular to probably food and drink. If it's yours, the first bite has to be yours. Oh. I don't believe in taking the first bite off of somebody's plate. Okay. So why, even if I'm like, oh, that's good. That looks good. I'm going to bring it up and say, hey, can I have a bite? Before that, just because that's it. just how my brain is wired. Got it. But, you know, in a world where you absolutely love shrimp and I can't have shrimp, mm-hmm. there's not you leaving shrimp dishes, you're not leaving shrimp and cake and hiding <laughs> it all over the house. Right. And the, like that doesn't I'm exist. I'm not making shrimp cookies. Right. So why is this any different? I, I, I guess because there's no, there's no, you were born, well, you actually, you weren't born with it, but there's no, what's the word I'm looking for? Being allergic to shellfish is not the same as being an alcoholic, Shane. <laughs> it's just not. I mean, it's as close to an, out, to an analog as I can come up with because. No, it's a comparison. Right. It's just that not being able to have alcohol around comes with a judgment, not with you, but just in general, it's more of a thing than Maisie has a tree nut allergy. Right. I have to make sure I read things, but there's no thing that comes with, I can't eat tree nuts. It's just whatever. There's no part of the world where you noted that somebody's allergic to tree nuts. Oh, tell me about that. But there is a world where it's like, hey, can you, I can't drink and it's kind of hard for me to be around it. So that's a thing. And it's a thing that I hate being reminded of, as mm. I've told you. I, right. It's sucky. Well, So it, for, for so, me, you mm. deciding that you're not going to have alcohol in our home at all sort of feels like a punishment for me, too. Because now there's this constant reminder um, that it can't be. It can't be done. And I'm the reason why. 
You're not not having alcohol there because Maisie's there. Um, well, that's the thing too, though. Yeah, less and less and less of a thing. Um, but sure, a minor thing, but not um, really the reason. Yeah, so I get a thing from, and I can't, I don't know, I shouldn't say I can't. I don't know how to mitigate how it ripples to you, but. All of this is my own shit, for the record. All of this is things that I need to work on. And I will say this, part of this is because I'm not in the program. I'm not working my program, as we call it. I don't have a sponsor. Don't have a home group. Don't go to meetings. Don't read literature. Um, none of that. So I honestly think there wouldn't be a lot of near misses if I were in the program because you're just a little bit more on it in general. It's just like not going to Weight Watchers. Well, but that that's part of the conversations we've had too where you live in a world where you almost constantly have to be on it. Yep. And prior to me, home was a place where being on it didn't have to be a thing. That's you can correct. let that part of your brain go. Correct. Um, I mean, the relationship I was in, and I spent literally 50% of my time there, um, was also a non-safe place. Mm-hmm. So I know that feeling. Right. But the, but in, in, in terms of like just your home. Right. That was a space where you can let that part of your brain go. Correct. And then when you walked back out the door, you had to plug that part in and go. Correct. Ahead. Now, you know, it's a space where potentially you don't get to unplug at all. And what does right. that mean? Right. Um, and the other part too is, I mean, there's there's the, for like a, a better word, altruistic part in terms of not wanting to affect you negatively. But there's also the self-preservation part where I don't necessarily want to have to navigate the resentment that comes from these mistakes. Well, more important than that, you don't want to nav- you don't want to have to navigate a relapse. Oh yeah, that, because of course. the first drop that hit my tongue, that's not a relapse. But the second one that I wanted to take last night, that would have been a relapse. Mm. So was that a thing that did you have that feeling last night? Wanting the second drop? Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, I wanted the second drop. So crafty and different, and the fuck that shit was good. So, yeah, I did not take the second droplet. You also are in a space. But I wanted it. You also feel like you're in a space right now where you lump into you lump a lot of your personal needs into, or I don't know if the word is need, um, because we had the medication thing that morning. Right. So that was the other part of what I was saying about me being the suckiest girlfriend ever and being more trouble than I'm worth. Um, you you led with last night, but I was going to say yesterday morning, I woke up and realized that one of the three meds I take every morning, I had run out. There is absolutely no excuse for running out of a med. None. You are 46 years old, Aaliyah. It's not that hard. You can auto do it on your phone. You can do it in an app. Granted, I do have a new insurance card. But last week, I knew I was running out. And I found some. So I didn't go to the pharmacy. And it just it just caught up with me. Um, so I wake up in withdrawal. I literally wake up 
with shakes and warm and nausea and all the things. So as soon as I wake up, I'm like, fuck. Because I hadn't taken it the day before. And now I don't have it to take in the morning. Um, what withdrawal from any of my meds uh, begins at about the 10 hour mark. Once it's been 10 hours, I'm going to start to feel very unwell. So I told you and you said, what do we need to do? And it became a wild goose chase because my pharmacy didn't have it. We had to drive to a different pharmacy. Um, I felt really guilty because that just shouldn't happen. And it was just another sign of my otherness and of my, you got to take care of me-ness. And you and I joke around a lot about who's going first and being my caretaker and, you know, all those things. Mm. And I know that the biggest risk with me is not uh, Alzheimer's or a trip and fall or any of those. My biggest risks are a relapse in with either alcohol or with bipolar 2. Those are the things that um, I fear more than any other physical malady. Um, I feel like I could live forever if I just keep those things um, mm. together. So we started off the morning with Aaliyah needs to get rushed around to pharmacies to get her meds. We ended with Aaliyah's pissed at me because I left an empty can of beer. So as I was talking to you about it, you were kind of in and out of sleep. And I was like, fuck, are we really ending the night talking about this? When this morning, this nigga had to drive me all around town to find my meds that I should have gotten days before. And it just felt a little overwhelmed. What is worth, I feel like you're overstating the work the morning took a bit. We drove to a pharmacy that was five minutes away. Then we drove to a pharmacy that was 10 minutes away. Like, whatever. It didn't have to happen. I could have just got my meds when I was supposed to get them. I don't know what that was. Um, <laughs> um, so I think that's the thing for me too. You exist in a world where part of your functioning survival depends on perfection. Can't miss a dose. Can't miss this. Can't miss that. Can't accidentally drink the thing because who knows about <clears throat> excuse me who knows you know if the first if the mistake becomes purposeful um and i i take that to heart so but i have to be perfect you don't but if you if to be with somebody who exists in a world where they have to be perfect and be like, well, that's the you thing. I want my beer. <laughs> like, I don't know how to justify that. And I, I know, and I mean, to be perfectly honest. So I was, uh, I dropped Cole off at my ex's yesterday, and we're both whiskey heads. Um, we like trying different things, whatever else, blah, blah blah. And she's like, "Hey, I got these two. I want you to try." And they were peanut butter and jelly whiskeys. Mm. Delicious. Mm. And she's like. Here's where you can get it, and I mix it with this, and this is great, blah, 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 blah. And in my head, I was like, this sounds great, but this is not 
because the thing that exists in my world now, this can't, this shouldn't be a thing. And I know that's hard to hear. It is. But, and I said this last night in all my dreariness. I've acquired a, a best friend, a business partner, and some really good sex. Nope. What part of that am I giving up for a bottle of whiskey in the house or a beer in the house? I can still go. I told you the other night, I jumped in an Uber, went to the bar, had a couple of drinks, had a good time, came home. That was it. You took an Uber? Yeah. Oh, I don't I, know. I don't need any DUIs on my record. Um, no, you do not. So I did that and it was fine. Um, I actually forced me to be social a little bit, which is something neither one of us are the greatest at social social right so you're better than me if that becomes my relationship with alcohol then that's what it is and yeah it costs a couple dollars more and it's not an immediate thing but it is what it is um i'm not trading one back for what i've gained well just the same way that you feel like you don't want me to end up resentful I have those same concerns but again what does it mean that I'm resentful of you because I can have beer now it doesn't matter it does it doesn't that's not how resentments work they just happen what they mean or whether or not you can be judged for having the resentment none of those things matter they matter if I'm judging myself on them though which is what I'm doing I'm drinking myself in a world where I'm resentful and mad about the 98% of everything that we've done, acquired, whatever else in our relationship, about this 2%. So as far as I'm concerned, as it pertains to bipolar 2 shit, um, that I feel like is a more personal journey. Um, And... I do pretty much what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Literally just discovered a pill box that holds a whole month worth of pills instead of digging through prescription bottles for five different things every day, which is dumb. Um, it's just a constant path. I think I do a lot better than I give myself credit for. I don't miss therapy. Um, I don't miss appointments with anybody. Um I get sleep, mostly. Um, I do most of the things I'm supposed to do. So, but I'm not doing the things I need to do as someone in recovery. So I think there's a a world where I am in a space where a lot of the stuff that's happened doesn't happen and doesn't bother me because I'm, you know, it's, it's, I'm going to go back to Weight Watchers, even though I've never done Weight Watchers, but I would expect or any type of food support group, Overeaters Anonymous or whatever, when you're in those meetings and you're surrounded by people who get it, it's easier to walk in the house and walk past the cake and not be like, why is there cake here? You know I'm trying to... Mm -hmm. You can get to a space where the temptations or the things around you just don't connect. So there's a world where I walk in and throw the empties away because it's not a thing. And... That's not the world I'm in right now. But that's me. 
Um, just like I still, I, I still have to deal with you. We have to deal with, as I am now. No, I no, no. I'm afraid that we have to deal with each other where we're at. Right. That's I just know. how that goes. I'm just telling you that that's part of the reason that, and part in something that I need to think about, because um, it's something that I need to think about. Like how I'm handling my sobriety is not really sustainable. So I think that's like a larger conversation and consideration to have, certainly. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't affect. No, it doesn't. The idea of. I guess you know, I'm just doing my own takeaway on Aaliyah's flawed and Shane's got to deal with it. Is that a one way street, though? Um. Because I feel like you talk about me like somebody who has their shit together. <laughs> don't you? Which I don't often agree with so we this is another conversation we've had too um i guess i feel that way sometimes because you're so good at making sure i have my shit together that how could you not if i know that if i slip up you have me covered i'm like where i resume 90 percent of people to be in that we're always going to make sure your shit is right right my shit however it's a whole other story and i think that's part of what relationships are um we had the part of the conversation we had last night was, you know, where I was at before we met. Um, not knowing what my future was going to be with professionally, personally. Um, I was suffering. I was depressed. I was a whole lot of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that we do talk about is like, you know, yes, I was never in a position where I was going to stop trying to get something never. to work. Which is great. But, which is great, and and it can be a very Sisyphean existence. Absolutely, Google it. Um, <laughs> um, I know you wasn't talking to me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, um, just making sure. I'm still pushing the boulder up the hill and watching it roll back down. If it's not for you, and I know you want to say, well, somebody else could have come along and did the same thing. They didn't. They didn't. Um, you have medical shit. Yes. I have emotional and practical shit. I got the emotional and practical shit too, sir. Yours? I got it all in one neat freckle face fat ass package. It's all here. Fine. And we're making all of it thus far work, I think, pretty well. So, yeah, the 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 not having a beer in the house thing isn't the hill that I'm die on, and it's not the tipping point of my being happy or unhappy. Because at that point, I don't, I I don't say oh, I feel like at that point I have to address my relationship with alcohol if it's that big a deal. True, and I think that a lot of times in my life since I stopped drinking, that's been part of the problem. Is that when I say, hey, I need you to do this, this, and this, it forces someone to look inward and say, why is it so hard for me? Like, why am I in the in the street drinking a beer again for the hey, fifth time tonight? And full disclosure, my parents are both alcoholics. Mm. Um, I didn't start really drinking at a young age. I was 23 or 24 when I started drinking. But it is something that I enjoy. 
Mm-hmm. And a couple times, more, more than once, where I've enjoyed it more than I should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of that's natural, whatever else. But I'm always aware of my parents on my shoulder. Yep. Um, I remember when I first started drinking, I was, I want to say 22, 23, whatever it was. And my then girlfriend would become my wife. You know, I was saying to her, like, well, part of the reason I don't drink is because I don't trust myself because of mm-hmm. me looking at my parents. Mm-hmm. And her response was, relax. I'll let you know mm-hmm. if it's getting out of hand. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's a problem, we'll work it out. We'll deal Good with it. Good on that. her. But you can't keep looking over your shoulder right. thinking you're just going to be this thing. Um, Which I do for my child. I look over mm-hmm. my own shoulder for her. Sure. Which is not necessarily helpful. Half the conversations we have about alcohol in the house or in general are about amazing. Mm-hmm. Of so, course. Yeah. Because she comes from two parents with, she comes from a parent mm-hmm. with alcohol issues and a grandparent. You know, we go, I go one, two, three generations up. Mm-hmm. And although I'm not sure if they've completely isolated it, there's definitely a genetic connection for alcoholism. And if that is true, she's almost doomed. Mm. so I'm part of it is just silly and part of it is just pure fear. Right. I was actually in the course of last night and today thinking, and we've had this conversation before where I kind of have the reputation of you don't want to drink with Shane because mm. you're not going to feel well in the morning mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what that means in terms of about me. Yeah. Like you have the, Peg leg, I think they call it. Yeah, like it's, of all the mutant powers to have, it's not really one that I think. Well, I'm gonna tell you this I right now: if you drink differently, then I don't know if we would work. Like part of the reason why it's like the last time I saw you. What, what do you mean by differently? If differently, differently than the way you do. Like the last time I saw you, like in a social setting where you had, had drinks. Oh, okay. If you were like the fall down drunk sure. sloppy vomity that would be right but instead like for me to be laughing as i'm talking to someone that's clearly drunk mm-hmm. and not annoyed mm-hmm. speaks volumes you're welcome <laughs> thank you so there's been what i'm realizing that and this goes for pretty much anything we've ever talked about in our relationship Part of what makes it a thing is that I feel comfortable enough to talk about it. Right. So it leads to there being things like there. I've been in relationships where I wouldn't tell the person that I was missing my meds. I would just be like, I'm going to stay here Mm -hmm. and tough it out until I could get to the office to get something. Or I would not be like, hey, I fucked up. Well, that was was the issue too yesterday. It was um, the first time from me to saying we'll have it tomorrow. Right. And And you said at that point, like typical me would have just gone home and waited until tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I'm not asking someone to take me to another place when it's my fault that I don't have it. Which would have made me live it. Right. But you would have never known. I would have just dealt with it. Mm -hmm. I might have lied to you and said, I got one. Had I found out. Right. Um, And I don't know if that's the case in other relationships. Actually, it might be the case in other relationships. They'd be mad about it, but they'd still be mad that I didn't tell them to. Right. Because they want me to be okay. Right. Um, So definitely would not have told someone or ask for help even outside of relationships if it's my sister who would have taken me i'm not asking her to take me to another place i'm just gonna say i got it thank you and go home and feel fucked up until the next day and then go get it 
Um, How much of this is the idea that our health and well-being is solely our responsibility? None. This is just me being a perfectionist and not wanting to ask for help. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with my meds. I could be this way about anything. It could be a package I'm trying to pick up. Mm -hmm. It could be anything. It's just my personality. I'm trying to... So, I knew you went to Wendy's. I knew you were coming back. When you called me and you said, I'm here, I was trying to figure out then what I was going to do. If I was going to just deal until the next day. Or ask you to take me. Um, I'd already texted you and said they don't have it. But you had not seen that yet. Right. So I was like, you got to do what you got to do because you feel shitty and you need to get this. So I did. Um, but everything that we talk about in our relationship, 99% of the time comes from it being a thing because I'm trusting that it's okay right. to be a thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, with alcohol, there are lots of things outside of there being empties or any of that. Just, like, I want to say, like, maybe a week ago or two weeks ago, we were at a restaurant, and you were looking. I think we were in the city, and you uh, were like, yeah. should I get a, right. all the alcohol ever in the world with the whipped cream on it? Or right. should I get a glass of Merlot with two shots of Henny in it. Just a side note, do not disrespect me. There will never be any whipped cream no. dollar thing. Like, don't do that to me. No. But no, but but yeah. So in the midst of learning the boundaries and what does and does not work and what is, um, what's what we're looking for? Um, proper in dealing, being in a relationship with somebody who is in recovery. Mm-hmm. I'm learning these fringe things that are, or I'm calling them friends. It may not be. Etiquette is mm-hmm. what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I'm learning the etiquette. Mm-hmm. And while I'm learning the etiquette, there's some space stuff that I just know. Like, it's simple for me. So mm-hmm. in this case, while I'm learning the etiquette of while we're out and having a drink, because you don't care if I have a drink while we're out, which is no, helpful. No, of course not. Um, but again, yeah, those questions or, you know, joking about, oh, I wish you could try this. Like, we're not doing that. No. Um, we're not doing that. That to me is. But that is also super understandable. But that's but that's, that's also the level, I think for me, the level two, three, four, five of learning what this means. The level one for me is, hey, if this is going to. I mean, it's, and I didn't even take it as risking sobriety. Um, if it's going to. Be a disruption. It's not worth it. Um, and again, I'm not. A, you're not saying, hey, even when you're out, you can't be drinking when you're out because when you come back, I might. You know, because I imagine there's that exists too in relationships. We're like, hey, I'm dry. I'm in recovery. I really need you to be dry. Like I can't have. Like imagine. I'm, I'm imagining there's somebody out there who's like, hey, no, I don't. If I kiss you and there's you know jack on your lips, uh, this isn't going to work. That's a thing. Come home and brush your teeth. Right. But not like you can't drink. Right. You would so, just not be with that person. So whatever levels there are, imagine there's a myriad of levels to this. This to me feels like a very low level ask or level of whatever. And Again, it's about my commitment to sobriety probably not being what it should be because I should be either super like what is this idea of no i want you to be able to drink in the house like bitch this is about your sobriety 
all the things that you're saying are the things that I should be saying. But the flip side of this also, but it's still a matter of it, there's a commitment to your sobriety and then there's mine, our commitment to us. Right. Um, and that's part of this. I mean, I've purchased alcohol for you. Yeah. I don't remember why, but I did. Might have been a birthday or. Mm-mm. Oh, no, no. I, I think I had a. I bought you a six pack of beer th- not th- long ago. I think I had a shit day and you just popped up with a six pack. Because that's the kind of girlfriend I am. And I remember telling you then I was having a shit day and I almost considered buying a beer, having it in the car and then going upstairs. And then you're like, that's just goofy. Um, So I I won't want you to ever do that. So I won't be doing that. Please don't do that. But I will jump in Uber and go to a bar. Whatever. I don't know if that's sustainable because sometimes you don't feel like jumping in an Uber and going to a (laughs) bar to have two cans of beer. Then I can take it to the community. There's options. I can go to the community room, shoot pool. There are options. Um, There was one point where I would literally finish one and walk to the incinerator. I wouldn't even drop it in the thing. Right. Um, Also not sustainable. But as I discover what's not sustainable, I'm learning what is. Right. And for me right now, what is sustainable is... Do you ever fear that? Do you ever get scared? Like, what if she relapses and starts drinking again? No. Um... What would you say if I was like, hey, I'm drinking now. It's fine. Don't want to talk about it, but you'll see alcohol here and it's a thing. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be annoying as fuck. Like stuff's going, stuff's going in trash. Stuff's going away. What? Yeah. Um, that's not what like, you first of all, what's, do, what's, the, the, what's the alternative? Like, well, glad that's over. What are we having? Like, um, well, that's know. not it, but you also don't start throwing things away. Oh, like I don't. So my response is my media response is it's not going to fly. Um, the appropriate way to not have it fly, I don't know. Um, what do you mean by it's not going to fly? You're not going to allow it. I'm a grown ass woman. I'm not going to make it okay on my end. I'm not going to pretend it's okay. So what does that look like? I'm just curious. You knowing that it's not okay. Which doesn't mean I don't do it. We got to start with you knowing how I feel. And I think one... And again, and I mean, like, what if it only happens outside of the house? How do I know? You don't. Well, if I don't know, I don't know. But you again. know what's happening. Maybe I come home drunk. Maybe you can just tell. Maybe the I first, tell you. The first step is me letting you know. Like, I'm like, nah. We're not... That's not... You wouldn't let me in whatever realm it is, whether it's um, whatever form of self-sabotage you can attribute to me. I think the closest would probably be if you were depressed and you didn't want to get help. Right. You're not. You're not. going That's to, probably the only thing I'm not having. Right. And you'll let that be known. One of the conversations we had at the beginning was, and I still need to stop fucking around and get this together. If I'm not about some form of therapy, we can't be together. That's true. And I mean, thankfully or not thankfully, it's been a matter of my own laziness that I haven't set up. I don't think that's true. I don't think it's laziness. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. I think that first of all, the fact that you have health insurance, good health insurance, is new. Is amazing. And it was something that I really wanted for you. Getting the therapist is gravy at this point. I don't think you're lazy. I think you've got a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that the process of getting a therapist is a lot. 
And I think the process of getting a therapist is just like what you were saying about writing a story. You think you're not doing anything, but you are. Mm. You're thinking about it. You're thinking about what you want. You're thinking about what you want to talk about. You're thinking about what you want to work on. The work into getting a therapist started when you got insurance. Right. Well, there's no before more that even, actually. Before that. Mm-hmm. But now there's no lazy. There's just, you You notice, I'm not browbeating you. I don't say, do you have therapists yet? Do you have a therapist? I feel like it's going to happen when it's going to happen. Right. Um, but to my point, if I was in a position where it was obvious I need to be on somebody's couch. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not about their life. I'm not doing it. You're reading me the riot act. And at some point, you're just not there. No, I'm not. So. I mean, it would take a long time. And I think it's the same thing here. Like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to disappear because you have a relapse. And I'm, we're going to meetings. We're doing whatever we got to do. Um, so can I tell you what you should do if that ever happened? Can I trust you? You may, you may be giving me false information for No, go ahead. Do you think I would do that? No, I don't. First of all, you can't, you should not make any mention of the drinking. I come home drunk, bite your lip. I come home and tell you I had a couple drinks, but it's fine. Bite your lip. Um... Because that's what we, we're really good at that. We're really good at that. Um, you're not going to be telling me that you're upset or angry or not having it. It's not going to help. So for the record, but, I don't think I'm any of those things. To be per- Just so you know, I'm not, ups- I'm not upset. I'm not angry. What you want to do is stay in how can I help? Mm-hmm. Because everything I've known about you tells me that this is not what you want. Right. Um, you can call Eric. And say, Aaliyah relapse. What should I do? You can absolutely do that. Call her because she's not listening to me. Mm. Because Maisie is at risk and that's his child. So you have every right to bring him into the conversation. And I will fucking kill you. I know. But what you want when a person relapses, and this is for drinks or bipolar shit, whatever, you want to try to get that snap, that moment. We all have that like... That thing where you can't, the thing you can't get past. I can get past you because you're just mad because I'm drinking. You don't care. I could easily be like, eh, Shane will be all right. He's fine. I'll stop drinking at some point. But I'm not actively doing anything to you or Mm. your life. But when you say, okay, so just so you know, Cole can't come back here until you're clean because I just don't feel comfortable. That's like a, "Eh." there's nothing I can do. That's 100% true and it's 100% fair and I 100% don't like it. When you call Eric and Eric calls me and says, yo, Shane told me you relapsed. I, do what you got to do. Maisie's going to be staying with me mm-hmm. until you get your shit together. <clears throat> um, Of course, and all of this is within the realm of I want to help you. Right. And you, it, you also call my therapist. So, and it... Because I, I, I probably haven't told her. So, and again, in terms of being clear um basically you become a big old tattletale right but so but whatever i do in that space is not out of anger or judgment or whatever it's of course it's concern of course um and that's where that's where i go back to like yeah you relapsing isn't good luck to you like hey right right so just to make that part clear um and also when i said that to you in the very beginning that if I felt like I couldn't get through to you, I think is the words that I used. Mm-hmm. I'm out. 
therapy uh that doesn't actually apply because like i'm not going anywhere like if i can't get through to you i'm gonna get through to you you know like i said that to you eight months ago i had no idea we would end up where we are now Mm -hmm. where it's a little bit different Mm -hmm. and i'm not walking away from you because i can't get through to you sure and but it's still a thing that's going to get addressed of course um yeah and I think it's the same thing on, on this side. Because one of the things that I think we're really good at is taking the other's level of pissivity at whatever it is. Did you just say pissivity? Pissivity about whatever it is and actually listening and processing. There may be a moment of like, well, fuck my... But we come back to center pretty quickly and resolve mm-hmm. and deal. Mm-hmm. We haven't, again, this is a very young relationship, but we haven't had the much of the go to bed angry, mad for three days. I'm not talking to you. You're not talking to me. Kind How of long thing. have we even ever been mad at each other? Half a day, maybe. A whole half a day? I'm, go- I'm going, I'm extending. Because we always come back to having the conversation and understanding that so I've come I've been in situations where the hard talk has come out of anger or punitive being punitive or whatever else. Whereas with us it's like I just don't feel like arguing with you. I don't want to be mad at you and I don't want you mad at me. How do we stop how do we deal with this thing so that we can go on about what we're doing in our lives? Do you remember the first time we had a really intense situation? Uh an intense situation for me? Both of us. Um, Polo was involved, of course. Evil Polo. Oh, you remember the... the yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. You know what people love to listen to? Dead air. I Actually, I was thinking in my mind, mm-hmm. I don't remember how we quelled it. I think somebody was just like, hey, can we talk about this? But I do remember that that's when I knew I was sort of screwed up in this relationship because... Uh, I was still living in my tiny little apartment with mm-hmm. my pullout couch mm-hmm. that I didn't know was a pullout couch <laughs> until you came along. I feel like you told me it was a I pullout did. couch. Yes. How did you know it was a pullout couch? I just pulled it. I saw a handle and I pulled. I had that for four years, by the way. <laughs> so I bought a mattress and had a king size bed. Um, and you would come over pretty much every night and. I think I almost didn't that night. You actually, did too. not come I over, didn't. is my point. Oh. Mm. You were going to, mm-hmm. and you didn't. And I was used to, if you came, you know, this is the days of you coming over at like three in the morning, your nomadic life. Right. Um. So. The three so, in the morning was not booty call action. No, it was not. It was just. Necessity. Go to sleep. Right. Um. So I was expecting that you were coming over at like three and I would be asleep, but we'd wake up together. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and put my arms out for you and you weren't there. And you were clearly sending me a signal. Uh, Yeah, I remember that night now. Um, So I think what happens with us is we know that we can't hide how we're feeling, what's going on, the things. We've both tried to be hush mouth and walk around in silence because we were mad about something. Of course. Um, 
I'm gonna do it right now. We're we're in a we're in a relationship where we can't hide, but it's there's comfort in not having to hide. We also are not yellers and screamers, right? So that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so it never gets to a ten, right? Because it's very hard to come back from a ten when you're yelling, cursing, name calling, screaming, all that. Yeah. We don't do that. And I'm saying that because I believe you probably have never done that. And that's my default. I throw things. I scream and yell and call names. Well, we had conversations where you think we're having an argument. Not argument. We're having a debate. And I'm looking at a full-on argument. And vice versa. Have we? Yeah. On my end? Yeah. I think so. We... No, yeah, you're right. Right. I think we're having a conversation. Right. Not even a debate. Right. And you think we're having an argument. Having an argument. Um, so yeah, I know how to throw bows and all kinds of nonsense. And it's very hard to come back from that because I'm good at saying something that can't be unsaid. And I remember um this guy I dated, I said something really unkind while we were arguing. And afterwards, I apologized, and he said, hey, words are like bullets. Can't put them back. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Um, so so I'm going to pull you now. What, what are the takeaways? <laughs> what the fuck? What time is it? Why? Because I just feel like I just don't. I just forgot that we were doing this. It's 4.30. I thought we were sitting here having a conversation with each other. And so you said, what are the takeaways? I was about to say, what are you talking about? We're going to go get dumplings, aren't we? <laughs> yes, we're getting dumplings and walking in the park. It's I a like beautiful it, day. It's a beautiful day. It's like 60 something degrees. It's the first beautiful day. So we're going to go to the park where it all magically happened back in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I can't do that because that's disrespectful to the relationship I was in in 2018. What up, Trav? Anyway. Uh, takeaways. Okay. Um, oh, my gosh. It was too much for a takeaway. See how it feels? You missed that. It was too much for a takeaway. <laughs> um, you tried. Let's see. Takeaways. Um, instead of takeaways. No, no, no. We can't change the rules now that it's your turn. Well, can it just always be whatever it feels natural to be? Sure. Because I've been saving this. Sure. Um, I want to read a poem that I wrote um, on August 11th, 2019. It's actually not a poem, but... It was just what was on my mind at 822, August 11th, okay? Mm -hmm. There's a photo that goes with it, but I'm not going to show you the photo. You sleep fitfully, heavy breathing and then nothing, movement, nothing. I'm realizing I've never once seen you down. If you're sleeping, I'm sleeping too. I've never watched you fall asleep and randomly scratch your ear a thousand times. It's more intimate than anything else we've ever done together. You are supine. You're both tightly wound and completely vulnerable. I want to wrap you up in blankets, but I'm afraid to wake you up. I'm happily shocked that we're not having sex tonight. 
Watching you sleep is an honor and a privilege. Today, over monkey bread and lemonade, you told me I was cute and you meant it. I stared you down, biting down hard to keep myself from saying something sarcastic or flippant. Aaliyah, he means it. Let him mean it. Accept it. Hear it. Thank it. Thank him. I managed to do it. I received it. Ha. Today was a lot. I was petrified, but I didn't let you see it. My heart didn't stop racing for a long time. I'm going to sleep now. I miss you so much, and you're right here. I love you. I love you, too. I'm not going to... I'm not gonna talk this time. Except you're talking right now. Mm-mm. Ouch. I have like inner ear issues on these headphones. Mm-hmm. We'll some coronavirus in them. No, I think it's just headphones in general.